Just so the listeners know, like we were just about to close the podcast and Aaron just bailed. Like he's literally just not in front of. He got a, got a little too emotional, started thinking about Ian's bench again. We just had to take a break. It's all right. We don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> energy to talk about a really yeah. depressing game is it a really <laughs> depressing game course. it's a it's like a Ooh. sublime but also depressing game uh did you guys all replay it y'all i played it for the first time right right so right yeah. I, I yeah i played through it once uh, it, was, okay. it was two hours so i'm very new i'm the, I'm the newest guy here for it yeah. All right. Well, let's. What was your first experience, Drew, with this game? Um. So I played. I mean, I played it back when it came out, 2017. I don't remember if I played it right away, like immediately when it came out, or sometime. But I played it sometime in that year. Um, and I really liked it because this was like, 2017 was like the last. That was the last year that I liked video games. We could say. <laughs> 2017 yeah, was the like, end. Yeah. Okay. It was the end. Well, 2018 <laughs> broke me. Uh specifically like April, March April 2018 broke me but this is when Drew still liked video games <laughs> uh, a bunch of stuff came out and I didn't like almost any of it um, but this is like this is primo Drew video game shit like this is exactly the stuff I like so this was uh, this was a nice fresh piece of fresh air like ah yes a video game that's all about storytelling Mm-hmm. And I, it doesn't really care about the graphics or how interactive or not interactive it is. This is this is my shit. Yeah. All right. Uh, Zach, when did you first play this game? Um, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> the Steam achievement said 2018, or not the achievement, but like the last time I played it on Steam. Okay. I ordered the. It was like a limited edition physical version on PS4, and oh. I played that um, like later at some point, just because of like I don't know, I wanted to own some version of it. But it runs like ass on PS4, so I would. Oh, I'd let probably... me tell you, it still runs like ass on PS5, also. <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay, yeah. So the backwards compatibility is not any better. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm never gonna play it on PS4 again. But. Uh, yeah, I believe I played in 2018, and uh, I immensely enjoyed it back then. And uh, yeah, I don't know the context of when I played it. I you know I didn't start hating games or anything. It's just it was another um, narrative adventure game that I like in a sea of them that I enjoy, like a Gone Home or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, better than that. <laughs> I think better than that. Uh, I also oh, yeah. played it in 2018. I should say I'm here today with Oren, Zach, and Drew. And we're going to talk about Edith Finch. So there's going to be full spoilers going forward. Get ready for all that. And uh, yeah, so no, I played it in 2017, the year of years. And it, it was one of my favorite games of the year. It, 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 we talked about it on the pod way back then. And uh, it remains. I, I, I replayed it for this. And I was really not looking forward to replaying it. I thought it was going to be boring. 
and then it, and then it wasn't, and then it, and then I had replayed it in one sitting again. So it was it was it was almost as good the second time as the first time, surprisingly. Yeah. Edith Finch is is a a walking sim. Do we, what do you guys think about that 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 type of uh, that title, that categorization? Nomenclature. Yeah. Sure. Who cares? Well, yeah, it's like I'll say it because I know what it means, and I'm not. Like I, if I know who I'm talking to, and there I know who would and wouldn't use it derogatory, derogatorily. What the fuck? In a derogatory way, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I don't care. But I'll try and say like narrative adventure, like I said, just because that's sort of yeah. the lineage in a way, right? Like you know, it's different than a point and click, but um, yeah. I mean, does does anyone use Walking Simulator in a derogatory? fashion anymore like i feel like that's fully been taken back to just, just like yeah it's, right. ne- it's, it's neutral like walking simulator parentheses neutral like <laughs> pretty much yeah but what totally. happened but was I, is that hideo kojima made a walking simulator and it's like oh we can't <laughs> hate walking simulators anymore because hideo kojima made one <laughs> it's not that we hate or can't we like or hate them it's just that that is more literally a walking simulator so right. like it doesn't accurately describe what Edith Finch. I mean, Edith, Edith Finch, you don't even, you do walk a good amount, but like you're sometimes flying a kite or, you know, you're squiggling around like a little octopus. It's not as much walking. So. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not a simulatory approximation of walking, right? There's, there's not a lot of simulation going on there. Uh, I, I still. I mean, that's quap. That's the only actual walking. Yeah, that's right. true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, this was developed by Giant Sparrow. It was their first game. I thought it was their second game. Was Unfinished Swan? Yeah. Or in filming yes. here. Right. Yeah, that was uh it was Unfinished Swan first, which I actually have not played. But I know that there's oh, a man. character in this game that's referenced, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the pretty, iconography, I guess. No, I mean like I, I don't know. This is probably not the point in the podcast to go over it now, but yeah, it's a a very key part of one of the vignettes or lack of vignettes is the Unfinished Swan. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, and the game was was a big success when it came out. I don't know if it made a ton of money, but I'm sure they, they, they did well. I think it won the Game Awards Game of the Year for narrative, not like the Game of the Year, but like the yeah. best narrative game. And it won a bunch of other awards. And it, like I said, it's on my list. So it, it got a lot of respect when it came out. It's now five years old. Uh, and they recently re-released a, like, next gen version which because like you were talking about ps4 and xbox one that version my my partner was playing it she's like i'm getting really nauseous because i guess the frame rate is just like all over the place yeah and i think the speed of the game slows down a little bit so it was like she got like bad motion sickness from trying to play it and she was like very hesitant to let me play it even though i was like no this is the new version it's better they fixed all that because she was afraid it was going to give her motion sickness um (laughs) so thank god they fixed that uh but yeah, let's talk about Edith Finch. Where you want to start? We have, there's so much to go over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for two um, hours, like there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Oren, you said that you played it for the first time. Like, did you, like, yeah. What, well, so what did you think playing it now? Like mm. after all, all the discourse and the buildup for you. Yeah, if you, if there was buildup, like, yeah. So, yeah, why did you play it, Orin? What 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 instigated this? Yeah, it's interesting because part of the reason why I haven't played it for so long is because of the stigma of the walking simulator, or so, you know, 
that could be a made-up stigma, but, you know, it has a negative connotation sometimes. So I was like, ah, you know, like, when I play video games, I want to I want to shoot stuff, I want to platform, etc. I need some sort of feedback loop. And uh, I played the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe earlier this year, and I was like, oh, I, I, I think I like walking simulators. <laughs> so after that, I, I did um, uh, Firewatch, and then I did edith finch and then aaron was like we should do a long jump about it so uh i i I have a different opinion of walking simulators now than i did a few months ago Um, not that i have never played them before i played gone home back when it came out i was a little this might be blasphemy i was a little underwhelmed by gone home i thought it was an interesting game i like how it was like a horror a horror game without being a horror game but uh edith finch finch i really I thought it was a great two-hour experience, um, and it's. I've definitely been thinking about it ever since I finished playing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I when I played this game, I was the, the first time. I didn't really know what to expect, and and I was a little like lukewarm on this concept of these like narrative, like I don't want to call them narrative only, but like narrative first games. Um, but I, I loved this game so much and it like it's like still like the only game that's really like brought like tears to my eye. I've just like and, and twice, both playthroughs. Like at the end I was we're sitting there and, and my partner says to me, She's like, Oh my god, that was so sad and I was just like rocked, couldn't even talk. So <laughs> like this game like sold to me that like there's there's something very potent here. There's a couple of uh things I want to that I thought I'd bring up about it. I was I was actually reading about the game uh, a couple days ago just to kind of get a sense of the artistic process and two things really stood out to me uh, one of them was that the creative director Ian Dallas he said that the initial impetus to make this game was to make an interactive experience that evokes what it feels like to have a moment of finding something beautiful yet overwhelming so that's the first thing that I latched on to and then the second thing that I really latched on to was that they wanted to leave a lot of what happened in the game open-ended, which uh, which I thought was interesting because it kind of follows this idea of like magical realism, the convention of weird fiction to leave the player questioning if the experiences were grounded in reality or not. That's in their words. Because when I was playing the game, there are a lot of moments in the game because a lot of the game is about figuring out how family members died in the, in the house. And sometimes it wasn't totally clear to me how somebody died and i liked that mystery because it kind of leaves a a lot of hints uh for example the john carpenter style slasher one i have no idea what happened to that girl but there are clues (laughs) that that um maybe the boyfriend pushed her off the ledge because like the uh the parapet or whatever or the uh the railing is broken and uh i don't know kind of clues like that i thought were really interesting of what actually happened in these vignettes i mean it's like playing with like i guess you'd say like folklore in a sense of like there's like the things that you're playing are like the tall tale version of what you know is maybe not actually what literally happened but is the tall tale version the more fantastical version versus like 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 the like in that example like yeah like she's either killed by a bunch of literal monsters or people dress fans dressed up as monsters but then yeah maybe actually the 
the real thing is just her boyfriend pushed her accidentally or on purpose over the railing you know and like all of them have like at least most most if not all of them have like that where like there's the literal text of what you're playing which is the more fantastical version as the more concrete version although still usually not completely 100 percent concrete with always usually a little hint of like some pieces that you could find together and maybe pick a more realistic death for all these characters yeah and in that case we know something happened pretty bad because the brother is traumatized to the point of like paralyzation like he can't leave the house so like how it affects him and that's what's most important right it's like how it affects the family and how the other people react to this death um in a way and it sort of the the grandma uh i forget the name edie i'd have to yeah okay Okay. i should get the fucking tree out yeah Uh, (laughs) let's do that (laughs) uh edie's yeah uh let's see edith finch family anyway uh but yeah but yeah, it's sort of her mythologizing, right? Like taking the, they create this folklore and then they create this mythology around this family, at least that character, the Edie specifically, you know, that's sort of the conflict in general, uh, but we don't have to go there yet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just creates this like self-fulfilling prophecy of the family of like, are they actually cursed or is it just, do they just think they're cursed? And if they think they're cursed, is that bad enough that they still end up finding themselves in all these situations? Right. I love it. I think it's so interesting that the game is able to work on those two levels. It's, it, it is. I was also reading that they were inspired by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, which I can definitely see. Just the whole idea of like, yeah, straddling the line between real dreams, what um, what is folklore, what has kind of been crafted as this narrative over time, and what is real. I I, I just think that's so interesting. Uh, that that's what I really latched onto in this game. There's that, and then also, like, I think Orin used said in one of, like, our chats before this, of, like, it's also, like, Coen Brothers-esque, which I really agree with, it's, like, <laughs> like, I don't, I know, like, everyone's, th- like, talking about how they cried and everything, like, I think this game's funny a lot yeah, of times, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, like, it's funny in the way the Coen Brothers are funny, of, like, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, like, all of these vignettes are gonna end with people dying, but, like, especially the, the one with, like, you're taking the pictures where the dad mm-hmm. is just chucked off the side of a cliff by the deer like that's <laughs> so funny. funny i don't care I, who you are that's I laugh funny so hard at that moment i just <laughs> i love that part so much but it goes to show as you say you're alluding to drew it's like death is sad but it's also can be funny it can be super abrupt and life just ends you know Hmm. yeah and it's something that like struck me even more playing it through it again like each character is kind of having a moment for the most part, I think almost every character is like kind of like having a little moment of pleasure right before they die. Like the kids, you know, he, he accomplishes the swing around the, the full, yeah. you know, all the way around and he dies. Maybe. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, in, in Calvin, right, in his thing. Yeah. Uh, Walter walks, leaves his, his thing and he's like, oh, I just want one day. And he's like seeing the trees yeah. and he gets hit by the train. Um, <laughs> that one was brutal. Lewis becomes king, god king of, of the, the little people universe. And then, you know. Gosh, the Lewis one. Well, I know we, we, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but the Lewis one, that was just, that left me shell-shocked. I couldn't get over that one for days. That was the one that really stuck with me. 
that's definitely I think one of the I mean that's I think that's the longest sequence right and it's also like the last sequence that you have before the game before you get basically Edith's sequence yeah right yeah Um, it's kind of positioned as the climax so to speak where it's just like this is but yeah that sequence is just so wild to me because for a couple of reasons one I love how it kind of deconstructs the whole like civilization kind of like Sid Meier's Pirates style isometric uh, game but but they use it in a way where it's a guy who is working this route routine job and he's slowly disengaging with reality completely and I thought that was incredibly powerful I know like people everywhere I talked to Zach about this in the discord but uh, I know it's been video essayed to death that sequence but I think it definitely deserves it it has so much going in it they they saved it for last for a reason they knew that's that was the one yes (laughs) absolutely (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, like, I don't. Are, are we gonna like? Do we want to go through like each of these or individually or the ones that we like? Because like that's the one I think that we could talk the most about in depth um, if we wanted to. But I don't know if we want to touch some other things first. Uh, oh yeah, we could go with that. Just in case you've been listening to this for twenty something minutes now and you you don't know what Edith Finch is, despite the fact that I said this is a full spoiler cast. But you know, spoil yourself away. Edith Finch, right, is is a game where. Edith returns home and explores her own her family estate that her I think it's her great grandfather or her grandfather built, and in each room is is where a family member died. And there's like a little diorama of their life, and so she kind of experiences a, basically the last moments of their life, but in a very dramatic, not so realistic way. Um, so yeah, let, we could talk about our favorite ones. I don't think we need to go over every single one of them unless unless you guys have a lot to say about. Well, it, they but. are all my favorites. So okay, starting so, well, at in that case, here we go. <laughs> all right, Zach demanded it. Yeah. No. Well, I already kind of <laughs> told true. you that Lewis, the Lewis one is my favorite one, so I'd just be redundant. Okay, I guess here's the other thing: is Lewis everyone's favorite? Mm, uh, I don't think it's my favorite. I don't think it's my favorite. It's, yeah. It's like the yeah. It, it's like the most show-stopping one it's like oh shit here we go video games are art baby (laughs) (laughs) but but i don't know if it'd be my favorite let me let me look over let me see i actually really like molly uh which i I think is the first one right well yeah yeah. so like i think that would probably be the second most show-stopping one to use x terminology so yeah i think they also they started off with that one for a reason as well i remember okay so we were talking about a little bit like you know one of the things I remember now is um, I think this had an E3 trailer and definitely the like shark tumbling down the mountain from yeah. Molly. So I met, I remember seeing that in the tra- and that was like the whoa, what is this video game? There's a, a shark going down this hill. Wow, this is wacky. Uh, yeah. And like yeah, I remember that definitely being a like sizzle thing from uh, like E3. I think it was probably in like one of those like. We're putting like ten indie games in this ninety-second sizzle trailer for like a PS4 showcase or something like that. No, oh, yeah, and I don't know if the game ever uh, lives up to that. Uh, <laughs> that sort of wackiness, <laughs> like that's the most out there one, right? Like with this the shark and the and the vor. Basically, that one's about vor. Um, she swallows rabbits whole, and she likes watching them as she swallows the like visceral chokingness of when you're the owl and swallowing that rabbit is very uncomfortable and you hear the heart beating and shit and it's like oh my god (laughs) 
She's like it's my blood pressure went up. <laughs> what well, wasn't the thing that her mom like just was wasn't giving her enough food or something? Was that I can't remember. And put her to bed early, right? Well, they, she put yeah, her to bed without, her to dinner. Bed without dinner because you know she was in trouble. Gotcha. I, I think honestly, her story might be the most confounding to me. Maybe thematically, like I get like what might have happened. Like she ate the poison berries or whatever. Like and she, I don't know if she hallucinated or she just likes to tell stories, but like. I guess what does it say in general in the, in the larger story like what does her hunger say about the the, the story well i don't know if y'all have an answer uh, for i that. actually i actually you know what the, and this also ties to the the baby one um which is another showstopper okay. i think it's this is what i took away from it but i think it's just kind of showing that that was that was their existence that was their life it started and ended and was only a couple of years it kind of is showing how ephemeral ephemeral and how it's just a blip you know and that could just be somebody's life they just live for a year or two and die that was my takeaway mm-hmm. um but i don't know i'm sh- it's an it's an artistic video game so so many people could take different feelings from it out I, I don't know what you think aaron uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's like shows her playfulness and, and like it's like this little kid who's just fantasizing about like being a predator in, in like these absurd ways and like getting out of her room. Like that's like that's I guess I take it the most literal way. She's she's hungry and she wants to get out of her room. So she's like, I'm you know, I'm a shark. I'm an eagle. I'm a freaking Cthulhu monster. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm doing all this stuff. Uh, I, I just love that it puts you like I think all of the stories do this fairly well for the most part. But like in the sort of like subjectivity of each character in a really yeah. good way yeah i guess maybe yeah, maybe that's that's it breaking free in some sense that's what that one is kind of about and like that's i think a lot of maybe not i don't know i haven't thought this through completely but like maybe a lot of them are about breaking free at least like the the what's his name walter walter being stuck under you know the house and like finally like breaking free of the the curse that he thinks is there Molly is too young to really know about that. She just probably genuinely wanted to go out and get food. Uh, but maybe that's a thematic tie is breaking free, right? Um, yeah, I just I just want, like, it's just such a weird story. Like, why is why does she like to eat? Like, why does she like to swallow rabbits whole? Why is she, like, thinking about that? You know, why did she write this story? Like, that's what kind of uh, interests me, and I, I don't know if I... And there's not enough maybe about Molly to really know exactly, but... Yeah, um, I don't know that I have, like, a real deep interpretation like i just kind of take it as like it's very literal of like she got sent to bed without dinner so she's literally hungry it's like a very childlike thing of like Uh she's hungry right now so if she's gonna write a story it's about being hungry and like the (laughs) and like the childlike way of how it's like goes from like you know like we like we say goes from you know suddenly i'm a a owl and i'm a shark then i'm a weird cthulhu monster like you know like it's how like when kids play of like they just take all their toys like batman is fighting spider-man yeah. but they're different universes but you don't know that when you're a kid because they're just and then they're beating up homer simpson because that's just <laughs> the toys you have you know so i like i don't like yeah i don't have a real deep read of it but i think it, to me it was all it's just trying to capture that childlike nature of how you ima- like imagine things and craft your own stories mm-hmm. yeah and that ties into like the rest of the family doing that as well so yeah that, right okay yeah yeah, that yeah. makes sense all right thank you i, w- I wish i were a cool a cool enough four-year-old to fantasize that i, I were a Cthulhu she was monster you know 10 year old she but was ten, actually 10, oh, 10 years yeah. old whatever 
Yeah. Still, same logic. Get it right. I was, I was thinking about like Thomas the Tank Engine when I could have been thinking about Cthulhu and <laughs> just like eating dudes, yeah. eating animals whole. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. Being kid. a shark. Being a shark. Yeah, yeah she's, she's a cool she's, kid. She's badass. Uh, that that is a really good one. Are, are there any of these that you guys think were uh, not that good? Any, any that you would have uh, hmm. trimmed out or, or, or just left you a little colder? Okay, so there's one that I think is fine, but I will say one of the one things I really remember specifically from my first playthrough is the, the swing set one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The first time I played it, it took me forever to figure out what, like, how... Because the thing is, you have yeah. to pull, like, push forward and pull back on both sticks, right? To, yep. like, control both legs. And I could... It took me, like, five minutes to figure out, like, I was just like, what is going on? How mm. am I messing this up? And yeah. that definitely ruined my uh, immersion, so to speak, the first time I played it. Now it's fine, and I, re- I always remember it, obviously, now, because of that first time. Because I've... I've also like I've replayed this probably this is probably like my fourth time playing it start mm. to finish and you know if you know what to do and you just go straight forward it's like it's also maybe the shortest it's like I feel like it's like 30 seconds at most if you know exactly just yeah just go up and down up the and swing down. Uh, yeah. no, it took it took me five minutes this play through too but I guess it's, it had been five years so I was kind of like what right. the fuck am I doing I I only remember it just because I remember that it's was so stuck in my mind from that first time of playing of like being stuck and be like what the, what am i doing wrong <laughs> how do i mess how do i how am i messing up swinging yeah that definitely happened with the baby one with people that i knew like they couldn't mm. figure out like what you're supposed to do with like the frog and like what are you supposed to jump like what are you even so i think that's that's a barrier sometimes is like figuring out the controls <laughs> yeah when you make something so simplified games. that it it can be hard to figure out and there's also like no button prompts for anything right like yeah no so it's has to and be there's no context clues consistency i guess is also the problem right like every yeah. everyone's doing you're doing something different yeah. uh i mean there kind of is like it's just like there's kind of consistency in that it's mostly all the sticks and then like one button but like also the swing set is so early that you haven't really Mm -hmm. fully figured out that that's kind of that's how limited your control scheme is going to be for the whole game yet yeah and like molly's is the first and it's like oh this is almost like a platformer and like you know you're doing action stuff you're like pressing right trigger to eat a seal or get a ow ow, a rabbit whatever uh, and you haven't so, really done anything yeah. that is like stick independent like is it like because each stick is one leg in that one and you haven't really done yeah. anything that splits the sticks apart like that yet yeah you which just is also the important because if you do lewis's and you don't know that like lewis's obviously that is <laughs> increment like uh the most important for that for that one yeah right but yeah i'm trying to think of other of ones that i'm not well, well, can I? I guess I could. I liked all of the stories, but I kind of thought if I had one criticism of the game, and I don't know if you guys are g- gonna agree with this, this is kind of my Resident Evil brain. But I kind of wish the <laughs> the house was more like there was more of an exploration aspect to the house. I feel like you're just kind of going from oh. point to point to point to point. Like the, when I first entered the house, I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to really figure out how to get around this house. And the house will kind of tell mm-hmm. the story a little bit, and it it doesn't really, in my opinion, do that. It just kind of becomes like, okay, I'm doing this thing now, and now I'm gonna l- learn this story. So I thought that was a little bit of a yeah. missed opportunity, but maybe that's just that's just my Resident Evil brain. 
you can't like gone home and, and like beat the game in 90 seconds if you know where oh, to go. Yeah. Like, there's no doing stuff out of order. Right, exactly. Hmm. Hey, I'm fine with that, but also I'm the narrative guy game that doesn't care. Like that doesn't bother <laughs> me at all. So right, uh, I'm fair being the minority. I I would understand being the minority, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I guess what would it add? I don't know. Like th- we are playing a character that knows this house, at least knows where to go. Right? She has this key, and she, you know, she's lived in it. But well, I don't know. Does, but I guess that's true. She does. I that you're right that she does should know everything. But I feel like it is. Well, I guess she doesn't know about any of the secret passage ways, no, though, no. right? Because which is the thing, and so there's still that like exploratory nature of it, even though it is linear. Like, it's still a guided tour, but it is still something that you're discovering these parts of the house for the first time with her. Right. Yeah. So maybe maybe it could have worked, but yeah, I'm I'm cool. Yeah, um, it probably could Shut have, up, but like, <laughs> if for only for the reason of kind of like I said earlier, of like I think they are introducing certain things in a certain order to teach you right. just the bare right. basics of the game. Could they have found a way to like just like oh, there's this first pod of three rooms, and you can do those three in any order, then the next two pods, and then the last, you know, whatever maybe. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the I ruthless linearity choice. is like a key ingredient, though. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just the, uh, yeah. Again, this is such a preference thing, but like I remember being teased at the beginning, like, "Oh, this is gonna be like a house I navigate through," in a way that feels like I'm navigating through it, and then it just kind of becomes, just like a linear, just a linear game, which is totally fine. But uh, but yeah, there's just like a small part of me, just a really itty bitty part of me, where it's like, oh, I wish. Like, I really had to, like, look for, like, some of the keys or maybe, like, the house would tell me a little bit more about what's going on, which is, it does, but I don't know. I guess I'm just a fiend for that sort of stuff. I think you can make an argument for that being at least, like, a missed opportunity, though, because, like, you're right. Like, you don't actually spend a lot of time in the house. Like, you spend a lot of time going room to room, but you're not actually really seeing them, like, in the house and going to, like, how the rooms are in relation to each other or, like, you know because a lot of the rooms just funnel into different rooms right. so like and, you know if part of this is a game about like they like said the rooms still do the thing of like it is a game about the spaces that these people lived in and what the spaces they lived in says about them but like you know the there is extra stuff you could have done with using the actual full house because i feel like the the parts where you're moving around the most where it's most open is when you're like outside the house right like actually you spend like a total like i don't know like five minutes at most in the house proper that's not in a specific room <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it's a it's an interesting point i think the game totally works as it does but if i were to improve or if i if, if i were the creative director maybe i would have considered that a little bit more and made it a tad bit more like gone home in that sense hmm. yeah yeah, I think it, maybe the house would have to be bigger, and you'd have to incorporate like l- l- more more indirect puzzles, or like you know, like they don't just tell you what to do. Like the music box, for example, like they wouldn't just show you what exactly what to do. They'd have to like they could hint at it or something like that. Like they could have incorporated more puzzles to open, you know, the the other rooms in the house but right, hmm. uh, right. which is yeah. why like gone home i think is like a weird i mean it's an interesting and understandable comparison point but like like this is definitely a a walking simulator as the you know kind of 
agreed upon definition culturally of what walking simulator means versus like technically i'd like gone home is a puzzle game it's not a walking simulator to me like it is it is by i think every definition a puzzle game Mm -hmm. that just has a narrative attached to it because you can do stuff out of order it's about finding how you get your way into these certain parts of the Mm. the uh house uh and it's not really like linear in a traditional sense at all versus Nita Finch actually is totally right uh, yeah but they're just both games about a young girl in a house <laughs> huh yeah you just like gone home you have to like the act of the puzzle solving is being observant and looking at this house and like looking right. at all the objects and, and learning the story alongside it. like you have to know the story to to progress whereas Edith Finch unless you just just don't pay like care or don't pay attention like you're gonna get through it like you don't have to think too hard it's gonna happen so the story yeah. is presented to you more directly and yeah you have to be more active in creating right. the story and gone home mm. sure. did you guys get lost at all at any point like no nah. a, l- a little like, bit no like way. No, way. I, the, yeah. the, no way i forgot <laughs> no freaking way man um <laughs> Like, it'd be like a, the, the door to the next room, you know, because it's not like a normal door. It's like a little fucking hidey hole. I'd be mm-hmm. like, I'm looking like a Sam, the dad, uh, your grandfather. Uh, is it Edith's grandfather? Yeah. Um, the soldier dude. Like, his room, I'm just like, where the fuck? Do I go outside? Do I, right. do I go back? And then it's just like, it's kind of off in the corner. I was like, oh, okay. But that's it. It wasn't like super lost. It was just like for a minute. I was like, yeah, where's this random door now? I had the same problem. It was at the exact same point. I think it's like you go <laughs> from Sam's room to Dawn's room into Gregory's room. And at that point, yeah. you have to go back in through Dawn's to get to the next point in the story. But I ended up going back through Sam's room and I ended up outside for a minute. I was only last, lost for a minute. I know Warren's just like, how dare you get lost? But uh, how you play Resident <laughs> Evil, man. I know, I know. Dude. I get lost in those games too. But uh, <laughs> I got lost in Metroid Dread. It's not designed right. <laughs> Someone's not a real gamer. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about some more of these. Uh, what other standout ones do we want to talk about? Characters. Well, I feel like the baby one. You have to talk about the, the Gregory. Baby one. The baby. So shit. Yeah, Gregory, man. Hard, hard for for new parents, I imagine, to play. Um, yeah, I think Joseph Anderson like made a note of saying that one really got to him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and that one, that shit. The first time I played it, I was. Like I, didn't, I haven't balled a lot watching media or anything, but that really struck me. Like I just, I, like I kind of didn't even realize that. Like, oh wait, this, like it just hits you. Like, oh, this baby is gonna die, and just like the sort of whimsy of it contrasted with the the darkness of what's actually happening. It it uh, fucked me up really bad. <laughs> I was better this time, but yeah. It's kind of amazing that's not as sensationalized as you think it. Like you, you could yeah. see a world where that's like the thing that this game is known for and that no one can shut up about, right? But like, I feel like it doesn't really get talked about that much. Like this could, this could have been Edith Finch's like no Russian, like <laughs> yeah, of like yo, know, a baby dies in this fucking video game, dude. You won't believe it. Uh, but I think that part of, I think a big part of that probably has to go with it's handled, you know pretty well considering the topic that it's it's portraying Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it just kind of focuses on the happiness and that's what the character focuses on sam the dad he's he's just like i'm just glad that 
he got to enjoy his life you know what little he had of it and now you're just yeah. playing with toys and you swim into the drain <laughs> it's, it, you know it's like, very uh symbolic goes back to what i think aaron said like that i hadn't really thought about before but it's like of like all these characters before their death are having like their if not one of their better moments like a good moment before they died and that's like i think epitomized the most in like yeah. that segment well i have a question about that how much of it and i guess this goes to the ambiguity of the game but how much of it do you think is actually true like that's what the baby felt in those moments and how much of it is just the folklore behind it yeah or like the projection of the father right yeah. i mean i guess we don't know right because the baby was unattended um yeah i i want to think that that what you're experiencing is like the subjective reality of each character you know and obviously not the, the physical facts of the matter but like like that's yeah gregory was playing with his toys and he drowned but like for him he was just having fun uh you know molly was just writing some story about being a monster and stuff i guess she, hers was a story right so it's not she's not literally doing it was in her things. diary yeah yeah which i think is like interesting that i hadn't like is zach has like a good point of like the subjectivity of it like gregory's by necessity is the only one where you're not reading the character's own words i think mm. or Gus, no like the the swing the swing set one you're reading for his brothers lewis also is, uh your is edith's mom yeah yeah so I guess there is, but you're still having to, yeah, you're still having to at least, yeah, it is the dad's point of view, like, the dad is the one telling the story that you're reading. Yeah, uh, right. So, About a child that couldn't communicate right. in any real so, way. You know, like, he might have thought his son was fun and was happy, you know, a happy baby, but that's as far as he knew, because he wasn't there. He was on the phone, you know? He was calling so the wife. Yeah. You, it's one of those you kind of, there's so little extra context, you just have to make your own guesses at it. Yeah. But yeah. So do do we think the story wants us to be like, oh, this is kind of what the baby was hoping, or do we think it's what the father like? The does the game want us to think that's what the father thinks the baby was going through? <laughs> I, I, I think, think it wants you to yeah. think it's the ba- like the baby's actual perspective when just throws okay. in the, the dad thing as just a little a little salt on top of like, but well, maybe it's not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like the game does want you to think because a big theme of this game right is that like death is 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 unavoidable and sad but life is beautiful and like so each one of these characters is having kind of a beautiful moment even though it's it's deeply tragic at the same time Mm -hmm. so i think the game does want you to see like yeah this you know maybe this isn't exactly what was happening but something like this right yeah Yeah. i guess it'd be a little cynical to be like no this baby might have been might have had a shitty ass time you know yeah it's all just what the dad hopes you know yeah you know what I, yeah. i'm gonna the dad's the final cynic. lines definitely goes with the ethos of the whole game i'm gonna i'm gonna be the cynic and be like the you know what like that's what the dad wanted the actual baby's death was awful <laughs> it was terrible that's what that's what i'm gonna bring to the table all right okay but do you think he actually turned into a frog <laughs> was that real that you know what I think I turned into a frog when I was two, so no way. Yeah, yeah, and I still believe it to this day. It felt real. So. I'll support you in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gregory. Uh, what about what about? Okay, the one I think if there was one chapter that I do enjoy, but is maybe the weakest for me, even if I still think it's reasonably good, is Barbara. Barbara's chapter, and what do you guys think about this? Is this a hot take? That's kind of a hot take. 
Yeah, that one's just fun. Is this the Halloween? It one is. It is. John Carpenter. Yeah. One? Yeah. Yeah. The the, com- yeah. the comic one. I like that one a lot. I think the reason why I like that one the most, or not the most, but why I like it a lot, is because it's the one that's really ambiguous in terms of what actually happened to her. That that's why that's why I like that one. But I also like the obvious John Carpenterisms. I thought those were a lot of fun. It's also the one to use like a giant bomb end of the year category. Like it's got style. Right. <laughs> right. It does. It does. I still yeah, like I it. I just think it's like eh. I guess I just I I like when they're emotional and make me a little sad and this one was kind of taking the piss a little bit, so like I don't know. It doesn't hit me in the same way, but I do. I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I do like what it says about the mythology of the family, right? Like this story that Edie kind of fed to people or at least enabled. And like, you know, she assumed that she wanted her daughter to live on forever, you know, in this story. Uh, like, I, I like that. It's like, it's it's tragic in that sort of way that I do enjoy. It's like, oh, that's kind of fucked up you know, after all said and done. So I like it for that reason. I do like how it's a testament to it, how much that game is willing to bend the tone. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. It, it, the hype going into this game, because I heard so much about, oh, it's going to make you cry. It's so it's a weepy walking sim, but it's, but I didn't realize that it's one, as we said at the top of the podcast, it's hilarious. Like I laughed multiple times, but it's also like, yeah. It is stylish. It is kind of a little campy at points, and I think that's that totally fits with the themes it's portraying of of death, of family, um, relationships. Um, I, I I think it. I, I love that it touches all those tones in just two hours and does it gracefully. Yeah, definitely. Is it notable for you guys that this game I think tells an extremely effective story almost entirely without characters on screen. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? No, I'm glad cuz they probably look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> At the very end when you do see uh Edith's son, it it, it looks a little it's like one yeah. hokey moment. I'm like But uh yeah. Even like um was it Dawn's, or maybe not be the the picture one again, where like you, that's like one of the few where you see oh, like yeah. actual character models, and they're they're mostly still, but they're still kind of like mm, what? Yeah. like the dad running up the <laughs> so like yeah, it, it's it's so like bad like it's like bad stop motion. I don't even know how that's the thing, but it's like it's really weird. <laughs> no, yeah, that that is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean they they worked with their limitations, right? And they they made it the best that they could do um so i i appreciate that it's all first person and all sort of not abstract but and and even like the the comic book run right you can get away with having like very little animation because it's like oh it's all just you know static shots anyway you know in the comic so yeah that it was, it was really smart what they did um and yeah i didn't want to see any of those moving too long so <laughs> all right should we uh, should we talk about Lewis or should should we talk about Milton? Was Milton was like Milton. feels like Milton. like they nothing happened there. Okay, so that's the one that like unless I'm misremembering it, like the okay. First off, has who all here has played the unfinished one? I have not. 
I own it, but I have not played it. I haven't played <laughs> okay. it, but I know Milton is, he's the guy who just disappears, right? And you just see the flip book right. and he paints himself through a portal. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, got to be the I'm guy. I'm misremembering. Right? He's the guy. He is the character in the Unfinished Swan. Mm. Um, like that's the tie-in is that he disappeared because he disappeared into the Unfinished Swan. So game. is the Unfinished Swan about his parents' relationship then? Or is that just kind of like, May I, it see that's the problem is it's been I I only played the unfinished one once and it was okay. well before even it was like when it came out also so like In like 2014 2013 <laughs> or something so yeah, it's, it's right. been a very long time for that but um okay probably I mean it'd be the other problem is like I I think the unfinished one has a great first level and is kind of diminishing returns the further it goes along <laughs> from what I remember so like it's I don't. I have not felt as compelled to replay. If I re- was to replay, it would literally, I think, just be to see how, how it, it tied in, which I could probably just look up on like an article somewhere that I'm sure someone's written. Yeah, I mean, I thought the flip book technically was actually really impressive that they made a literal flip book in this game, and you could stop it and look at every frame. Hmm. Uh, so that was pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait, could you do that? I didn't even yeah. try that. That's uh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, you just. He's, he's there and he's gone. Yeah, he's no, gone that, that added context actually uh, fleshes him out a bit more cause, because I was like, I don't really know what the story is with Milton. Like the flip book was right. cool, but then it just if you don't, it stops. If you don't know that, it almost feels like they like left. It's like the the Zelda dungeon in Wind Waker's. Like, did they just like not put in yeah. a dungeon here or something? Did they run like, out of time or happened? something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But it's like even because even when you walk in that room, the theme for the unfinished one is what plays. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's that the music cue is supposed to be it's supposed to be a little like you know a little little treat for the fans the diehard fans, yeah. But uh, if you're not one of those, it's probably like oh, what the fuck's going on with this area? Yeah, I guess it's just maybe a little like disappointing, or there's like not a lot of context. Like, why did he run away? Like, maybe the story of the unfinished one is why he runs away. I don't know, but yeah, I, forget, um, I think it's just something of like you know he's. I, I think you're still enough that you can remember from like from the the in game in Edith Finch of like he kind of you know you could say he lost himself in his art right like he was mm-hmm. yeah. you know, he got more and more obsessed with his art and then eventually like found a way to put him I think literally in I mean guess I guess it's back to that the folklore would be that he literally like wily coyoted himself into his art <laughs> yeah. and, and like the the real the literal is he just ran away from home or something yeah right. I do wish they, uh, and I guess we all kind of agree with this. I do because I love that concept, like this artist who's obsessed with his art and he kind of disappears into obscurity. I just feel like they needed to give me a little bit more because it just kind of starts mm-hmm. and ends, you know. And I'm like, oh, that this this just feels like an Easter egg and not an actual yeah. character in the story. Yeah, I think it would have been way better if it was like an opt. Like you could have found the room as it, like yeah. it literally was an Easter egg. Like you can, you can find it, but it's not on the main path like it is in the game. Yeah, yeah, maybe like he paints throughout the house like clues to find it. Like if we wanted to incorporate the like exploring the house or whatever, like because he does already paint. There's like a right. cat painting that he's done, and there's other stuff around the house that. And she even says that in voiceover, like I can tell, like Milton's already been here because yeah. of the painting on the wall. Right, so that could have that could have been an interesting way of going about it. Damn, giant sparrow, call us. 
Hit us up. <laughs> if they're me. even around. Are they making shit? I was just thinking that. Uh, <laughs> so, according to their Wikipedia came, uh, page, a new game is in development, focused focusing on enchanting beauty, uh, the enchanting beauty of animal locomotion. I have no idea what that means. So, they're making a game. Quop but, 2, baby. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> like, edition. Quop the deer, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Who knows? It's been five years, so that's that's a reasonably yes. uh, large window of time to not put out a game. Yeah. But Where are they located? Are they in Seattle? I'll go find them. Probably. They are in Santa Monica, takes... California, man. They are oh, down the street man. from me. So. Oh, you got to go, go take care of this for me then. Yeah, I'll go show up at their office and be like, what the fuck's be going the ambassador, on, guys? The Jump Crouch Ambassador. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we have a bunch of notes about your game that you put out five years ago and won a bunch of awards for. Here's how you can make it better. <laughs> it's a good game, but you know what? Could be better. I'm going to go up to Ian yeah. Dallas, the creative director, and shake him and be like, stop going to cocktail parties where they talk about how amazing your game is. Make a fucking game. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> stop resting on your laurels. I'm, I'm done. Make a game. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully they make a game. Uh, okay, let, let's let's get <clears throat> spicy. Should we get spicy? You guys feel like a little little bit a little bit of heat? Add a little bit of heat to this. I heard someone prepared a, a monologue. Maybe I, I swore well, I if, did not. If we're fortunate, a monologue. No, <laughs> he's sh- Look, oh my god, he's sharing a screen. It's as much pages. as I like to it's threaten monologue, pages. I don't actually want to take over the podcast so, <laughs> with my rants. Okay, fair fair point. Ian, buy one get one free. Uh, street. Bogost uh, critique. So, okay. He, he, he wrote an article in the Atlantic that says quite what definitively in the title, uh, 2017. He wrote it at the same yeah, time. Like, like this was his review of it, I guess. Video games are better without stories. And then film, television, and literature all tell them better. So why are games still so obsessed with the narrative? Or with narrative. Uh, what do you guys think of this article? Zorical oh. sucks so bad. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, yeah. I did pull, like, what I guess could be the thesis statement or something approaching yeah. that. If I it's could. a little unclear what the thesis is, other than video games are better without stories. <laughs> right. Okay, real quick though, does anyone know? Like, should we like quick thirty second tell the people who Ian Bagost is as like Bagost. his personality? Please do. Bagost because he's like he like. Okay, to call him the Armand White of video games is is way too strong. Way too strong. But if video games did have an Armand White, he's like the closest thing I I don't know know how you just explained who he is because that that person means, I don't know who that is. So for like film Twitter people, he's like, he's basically a troll critic that like, like writes stuff to just get people riled up. And, like, mm-hmm. I do think, and also, I mean, this is subjective, I guess, but, like, you know, I don't think Armin White believes even a quarter of the stuff he writes. Huh. I think Ian Bagos believes all the stuff he writes. But he serves that same focus of, like, not so much anymore, I think, like, not in the last couple of years, but I feel like around this time when this article came out, like, every, like, 8 to 12 months, there'd be, like, a new Ian Bagos hot take that would just, that all Twitter would have to discourse about for the next 24 hours, you know? And, like, the headline itself kind of speaks to that of like, and I don't know who knows if he actually wrote the headline, you know, yeah. it's con- awesome. yeah. awesome. all the time writers do not get to write their headlines, but it's like, I think even in the style of the article, you can tell 
he's kind of trying to like ruffle some feathers right and like that's kind of his so that's like his who Ian Bagos is as a person in the discourse of like this was not his first nor his last time to like write an article that riled up but he became the main character of video game twitter for a day all right uh, i definitely agree that he's 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 a troll uh I, he did write some <laughs> some good books on video games i think one of how to talk about video games um but yeah i guess he he likes to rile up twitter and boy did this rile up twitter five years ago uh so yeah let's let's talk about this article or i think you've got some choice quotes for us well yeah i just thought i would read it's it, there, it's less a thesis statement and more open-ended questions that surround basically this point he's trying to make about video game stories and he and he says are the resulting interactive stories from video games really interactive when all the player does is assemble something from parts he's referring to environmental storytelling are they really stories when they are really environments and most of all are they better stories than the most popular and proven ones in the cinema on television and in books so basically it's can video games tell distinct stories that are let's address these questions what do you think one by one so are the resulting interactive stories really interactive like in the case of edith finch barely but does it matter right like i think it's like this is like a silly question what do you guys think well do you think edith finch would work better as a movie or a tv show and like does it have to be interactive like i guess is what i would ask um, I could imagine some sort of Wes Anderson-ish movie uh, with these stories that, that had a similar impact. But, like, I, I guess for my question is kind of, like, I felt like they did such a good job that, like, who cares if it could have been a good TV show or a good short story? It, that's not yeah. what it is. <laughs> and, like, especially when it comes to, like, he's like, well, nowadays you could just use green screens and show. I'm like, this would have looked like ass if an indie studio decided to make this ambitious like multi-perspective story about like girl turning into a shark and an owl and and then like there's also a kid who is on a swing and goes 360 and then you're uh what else do you do all this other shit like i I just don't think it would have uh been as visually coherent as uh (laughs) like games can get away i think with more uncanniness Mm-hmm. Uh, than a movie or an animated film can. And I think, like, working within the budget and limitations that they had, they made the best of what they could with such an interesting premise and, and you know, an interesting story, um, especially when it comes to the aesthetics of it. I know it's not the most... I mean, it's kind of graphically all right. It's Unreal 4, but, like, you know, it's not the best-looking game out there, but, like, it is visually coherent, you know? Um, so I think in terms of just... Um, that's a very technical reason why it should be a game, but I think that is an important reason why it should be a game. Like these people had these ideas and this was the best way to do it within their budget. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the key. I didn't like, I don't want to jump, be the first one to speak. Cause I can, I could go off on this. He's okay. Look, he literally in the article says my like Manchurian candidate trigger phrase. If he literally <laughs> says, should this be a video game? Which is just like, that's that sends me because also for context i'll just say like the my big problem with ian bagost as like a writer is just i just cannot stand his style like he actually says 
multiple things in like the first half of the article that like i agree with like he uh-huh. he takes a pot shot at like bioshock and like games that like wrap the knuckle of the player for like daring to want to play a video game and mm-hmm. you know takes a shot at like he basically said something that i about gone home that i said in my gone home video of like if video games can't like get above like young adult fair like level stories then like what are we even doing here so like i agree with stuff he says he just has like this awful like like he's a professor also and he's like very much has an academic approach and like has it is like his articles are like a lecture like a professor lecture like he has the answers and he's presenting them to you the class what the answers are Mm -hmm. uh which just really and it's like that compared with the academic academia style of like the amount of times this motherfucker says real-time 3d rendered worlds yeah just i cannot like talk like a normal person please but that's like so that's kind of the real problem i have with it is it comes from this like formalistic version of like of thinking about games that i just is could not be the more opposite for me because Mm -hmm. he's very concerned with like the literal like the process of video games are about like the the rendering technology and you, how it renders light and and textures to create these environments and how it's like tricks and using the first person perspective to trick the player into thinking they are a person walking through these environments and it's just like the complete opposite of how i think about games which is why then when he's like why should this be a video game is like so opposed to how because even that is the exact opposite and i think like i think all of you individually mentioned also is like the complete ass backwards way to come about this question and that like to me because it's also akin to it's like his actual argument in the article is not this but it's like adjacent to the idea of like video games are interactive and that is the like thing that makes them unique and thus every video game should be judged on how interactive it is or isn't and it has this much interactivity therefore it is a better game than a game that has less interactivity which I don't agree with it all. Like to me, I think of it more as all media and entertainment is experiential and video games yeah. are the most experiential, but like looking at a painting or looking at a statue in a museum is experiential. How it is displayed and you the, can you walk around the statue? Can how is the lighting on the statue? And that affects your experience of that art. So the fact isn't about like should this be a video game it's like you all said it is a video game and how does it or does it not take advantage of being a video game and this is a story that people that make video games wanted to tell and how good of job did they do of using the medium they know how to work in was it a meaningful experience or story for you and are the is experience and story different to me it's not but to ian it apparently is so that's the real stuff that just like gets under my skin Mm-hmm. I have two things to say about that. Um, I saw the uh, Sistine Chapel, and the first thought I had when I saw it was, it, sh- it should have just been a buck, you know? <laughs> like, why why did he have to go and paint everything, you know? Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Could have been a refrigerator magnet. Well, I mean, this is probably what people were saying about movies for a long time, right? Like, why, yeah. why are we adding stories to fucking movies? Like, just let it be... A visual auditory experience right. that doesn't need to be a novel exactly. you know it's just like it just plays with the medium and the materials of that medium to create a unique experience we don't need to be doing that you know Dostoevsky already did it guys come on move on <laughs> stories are just for novels only read books 
Right. For as much as he like name drops other like, you know, Wes Anderson and other like these other mediums besides video games, it's a weirdly shallow, like myopic view of what video games are and their place in the broader yeah. media landscape. Yeah, I think like it was interesting he focuses on like, all right, so games became first person shooters and they became three D and like that was the total linear narrative of how video games have gone. It's like do you know what do you know what CRPGs are, sir? Like, yeah. you know, the stories you know they've been telling. what text adventures are. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And I guess that's like why, the, okay, and we never, like, so we, I guess we touched on Lewis a little bit, but that's why it's so weird to me that he uses Edith Finch as his example here yeah. because Edith, Lewis specifically is the perfect example of like a story or experience, I guess, however you want to define it, in it that a video game could only tell mm-hmm. because the whole magic of that is that you, you start off, I'll even explain it real quick for people that haven't played the game. The whole level is like Lewis works in this fish cannery and it starts off with a fish comes in from the left of the screen and you use the left stick, you grab the fish, you take it over the right side, it chops the fish and then you push the stick up and the fish goes on the conveyor belt and you just keep doing that and you keep doing that. And then slowly as he's having these fantasies of being a like hero in this magical kingdom, you're controlling this little character with the right stick while you are continually to with the left stick keep doing the left to right to up left to right to up left to right to up and it creates this monotony while you're also using the right stick to control the your little hero character along this increasingly more and more extravagant adventure and it's like that is the perfect example of like this could only be a video game and it's like how did how how why how did you get to this as your prime example but he so I don't think he actually, I, I think he likes Edith Finch. He just doesn't like its story or thinks it's, I don't know. He does, but he doesn't. It's its confusing. Right. Like, That's why what he's, the last quarter is like <laughs> impossible to understand what I, even his argument is. He's mm. like, like, what's the, let me, let me find the quote. Cause I wrote it down. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, fucking hell. Sorry. I think uh, edit this out. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that I, I think it's just while you're looking for well, it. I, 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 wait, I found I it. Found it. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Do you mind? Okay. <laughs> the true accomp- the true accomplishment of what e- what remains of Edith Finch is that it invites players to abandon the dream of interactive interactive storytelling at last. So he's saying that Edith Finch itself wants players to abandon the dream of interactive storytelling. Yes, sure, you can tell a story in a game, but what a lot of work that is when it's so mo- what, but a lot of work that is when it's so much easier to watch television or to read. A greater ambition, which the game Edith Finch accomplishes more effectively anyway, to show the delightful curiosity that can be made when stories, games, comets, games, gen- engines, virtual environments, can be taken apart and book- put back together again unexpectedly. So he, that's what he likes about Edith Finch. Somehow it does use interactivity to create a novel experience, but he doesn't think it tells a interesting story or like that's not the point I... that's i mean that's the problem like i'll i'm willing to admit maybe i'm just dumb as fuck i don't know but like d- like this is why also all dear listener you got to read this article because it's just like yeah. linked in the show notes, he like the he goes to like he lists all these things like he puts edith finch in the context of like bioshock and gone home and yeah. like all these games in that lineage of the use environmental storytelling and how he thinks environmental storing is a it's a poor bridged between the novelistic and film version of telling a story and the interactivity of games 
And he's like lumping Edafidge in with all of those, and that seems like a negative, but then all of a sudden at the last quarter, he just all says, and Edafidge is great, because it doesn't do any <laughs> of this stuff that I complained about it doing earlier in the article with like, I described it as there's a lot of there's a lot of points in this article that are big citation needed yeah. moments of like what what like excuse me what are you talking about again sir sir what please explain yourself because I don't I don't know what you're talking about anymore you've lost me yeah and I don't understand how its interactivity isn't interesting because it tells an interesting story like I don't like it's not an interesting game I guess if like. Just because you could do two things simultaneously with different sticks isn't inherently interesting in video games, right? You do that every time you fucking play a first-person shooter and use the camera with one stick and move around with another. Right. This is interesting like, because there's a story. There, Okay, so it's, I guess maybe this is the one point where I should read something from the article. Because this is the thing that confounds me the most. Where he's This is after he's had a whole paragraph where he's talked about... Um, he's basically gone over some of the little vignettes that we've talked about and explains yeah. like how they work and everything. And he says, uh, these are remarkable accomplishments, but they are not feats of storytelling at all. Rather, they are novel expressions of the capacities of real-time 3D engine. <laughs> the ability to render light and shadow, to model structure and turn it into obstacle, to trick the eye into believing a flat surface is a bookshelf or a cavern. And so like... Is that a good this, thing to him, though? It sounds, well, and like, like, reductive in a way. Because well, also he's saying, like, this is not storytelling. This is just... I think, I think in his mind this is where it's, like, he's talking about the positive okay. version he has of... Because he's saying it's... Because, again, he's a very academic and formalistic view of video games. So, like, it's using the 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 real-time 3D rendering yeah. <laughs> engine power of Edith Finch to create these illusions but he's also saying he's but he starts off by saying it's not storytelling which means like does that mean a video game by your definition fundamentally is it not storytelling because it's in a video game then yeah is that the argument because uh, i don't agree with that <laughs> I, I, think, but... I think he's conflating storytelling with medium as if as if they're uh inextricable like you could literally take that same sentence and say um, uh, I watched Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and it was on film, and uh, it's impressive what they did. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it was shot on celluloid. Therefore, it is not a story worth telling. You know, it's like I feel like he's just conflating the fact that it's just three D well, rendered with. And uh, I do think earlier in the article, he does establish pretty clearly that for his definition, storytelling is is a fixed thing that the author, be yeah. that a literal, like a for a novel or even just the game designer, is, is a set thing that someone has done without the player beforehand and is non-interactive. And experiential storytelling would just be like the, the cool building you built in Minecraft. That mm -hmm. is not storytelling. That is emergent gameplay or whatever buzzword you want to we would use yeah. for it now and those are two very different things but then it's in the last quarter where he brings up that paragraph i just read that it gets all mushy again and i don't i don't know what his definitions are anymore <laughs> yeah yeah it's too short for its own good and it's yeah it, it's not and precise. like okay in bagos I'll, I'll i'll give him like i'll throw him a bone here like this is I, I kind of feel bad going this deep into this because it's like it's just like a, a thousand word article or whatever. Yeah. It's got like multiple typos, and I don't even mean that to be a <laughs> shot at him. I'm just saying like 
This also seems like it could very easily just be like, I don't know, I got a few random thoughts about Edith Finch, kind of thrown together, put them on the Atlantic, Wh whatever. You know, it's not a, like, this was not his magnum opus. He was not going over with a fine-tooth comb, but it's still very beguiling to read as a, a reader. Yeah. What do you what do you, th what do you uh, think, Aaron? We have a lot of pent up anger about this. I I don't know. I read this article and and I don't totally know what he's trying to get at. I mean, like my first intuition when I read it five years ago was just kind of like, so what? It like who cares? It, it it was an effectively told story. So like like that's kind of like the end of the the argument, right? It's like, well, should video games do this or that? Well, I don't know. This video game did did tell a story and told it well, so. Who cares what else it might have been better as? Um, but like, he's he's confusing because he starts talking about like, these are not feats of storytelling. Then it's like, to be sure, Edith Finch is a story about a family. So like, what is he even really trying to say? Yeah, it's, uh, that's the problem with his style is it's all wishy-washy and just like, he, like, he just loves going on these little cul-de-sac, like rabbit hole cul-de-sacs of just like, Wait, and you're just like, wait, why is this saying? What are you talking about anymore, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, ultimately, I think the question of is this a game or it, should video games tell stories are very, that they should be put to bed. Like, they're, they're just kind of stupid questions. Um, like, I understand why people were, like, there was a big thing. Like, there's a big argument on the internet, like, 10 years ago or more about, oh my God, video games are just, they're, they're too focused on narrative. But, like, seemingly there were fewer games back then and, and, and everybody was being very myopic about games that come out in a very short period of time uh yeah. like there's so many different experiences you can get with a game right now when you're gaming it's just like why are people prescribing you know stupid shit basically and i think there's like there is a conversation you can have like he also mentions at one point cinema envy you know for video games which i think is like a good critique to have like yeah I, I would mostly agree probably with a lot of takes he has about that aspect of video games, but like this, it feels like that this is why this article feels like he's got a couple things that have just been under his skin and he wanted to get out and he just, Edith Finch was the first thing he had a chance to write about. So it's like, I'm just going to shoehorn this in here where he'd be much better like doing that in an article about like, you know, The Last of Us or like any, you know, prestige Sony property at this point, like God of War, Horizon, yeah. Last of Us, Uncharted, like. Yeah. There's stuff to be said about like are are those games aping like filmic versions of storytelling too much, and is that to the detriment of the game, or does it have they found their own way to enhance it? Like there's there's conversations to be had about that. Yeah. I just don't know that Edith Finch is the right well, he's not <laughs> the right fulcrum to try and do that. Right? Like I mean, like there 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 is this like worry that like video games are only art in so much as that they they uh, copy and mimic older more established forms of art right like so the games that a lot of people would say maybe more 10 years ago than now that were like oh that's this is a work of art like the most cinematic games yeah but there's just such a breadth of stuff now that it's like and i don't think that people think about games that way anymore that like that that argument doesn't hold any water but he's not even making that argument here like so <laughs> i guess that's the main one but he brings it up multiple times which is why mm -hmm. it feels like just one of the yeah. things that's just like has been under his skin and he just mm -hmm. kind of is like i'm gonna get it in here yeah. I think you should just well, admit that you know what? Maybe he just doesn't like video games and that is okay, but that doesn't mean he has to invalidate. You know what? Guess what, Ian? I agree with you, buddy. We're we're in the same boat there. I also don't like video games anymore. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not writing articles on the Atlantic about it. Mm. 
I guess we could for, for literally like one minute talk about, there was also a bigger conversation more, more with the dear Esther about, about what is a game and games need to have fail states and all that. And like I was saying, I think that that is, it's just silly, like things to, to say, you know, at this point yeah. in particular. Yeah. I mean, usually once you get stuck, you've already lost. If you're having the conversation where you're arguing about definitions of media, like, yeah. oh, is it a game or is it an interactive experience? Like, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. a thing that you, you, you play with a controller and it's good or maybe it's not good. Okay. I just, I'm just imagining yeah. Ian just like playing Edith Finch and he's like, why wasn't this a movie? Ah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think he played it that way. It sounds like he like, liked it. Like it is perplexing to me. Like the, the reason I brought this up is because I feel like in, in, this is probably my favorite video game narrative. Like, you know, just personally speaking, like, like I, I like this one the most. So it's weird that he picks the one that, and I feel like it, do, it, it tells its narrative so well. And I think that the subjectivity of the characters is something that comes across through the little moments of, of gameplay and like play that the game allows in, in a way that really put me in the headspace of, of the narrative. So it's, it's such a strange game to put your crosshairs to on. To have singled out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it got us talking five he did it years he later. got us at the end he fucking he, got he us. won he is the winner in this argument kind of yeah he made us discourse <laughs> i could just imagine right. him also just hopping out of like from under my bed and he's like i got you i got you <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean he does he's also made like multiple games which i haven't played and like now i'm like damn maybe i should just play some of these games i gotta see what what he thinks a video game is yeah right yeah, I just I just want to add real quick, being prescriptive about what should be art in any way or what should, a game should even be like, if it's a thing that made me feel something, I don't give a shit what it is. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't care what content. You know, I, I personally I'm not too prescriptive. I like Metal Gear Solid games. Half the time you're not fucking playing them, and that's cool with me. I mean, the whole time the I'm time. watching uh, Twin Peaks: The Return, like the most important thing to me when I watch it is like, is this a movie or a TV show? You know, like mm, that's right. the most important thing to me. <laughs> if you don't know, then you, it's probably not good. Right? Mm. Yeah, because if it's a TV show, then like it's it's this like pedestrian art, you know. But if it's a movie, yeah, exactly. It, whoa, whoa, it's man, a big movie. It's, cra- <laughs> it's an 18-hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let us discourse no more about that. Uh, would you guys? Is there any other characters or any other aspects of this game we want to touch on before we wrap up here? Um. Okay. Last thing is that, like, did how did how did how did everyone feel if they remember from their first time playing? Of like, did did you think the reveal that like the the whole thing you're reading is like a diary to Edith's son was that like a twist to you, or did you like? figure that out earlier because there's plenty of there's enough clues you could figure out earlier i don't think well my first time i don't think i really put it together i don't think i realized it till the end i guess it kind of came as a surprise but it wasn't like i was like what the fuck i was like oh yeah they've been addressing someone else so that makes sense (laughs) yeah uh, i was i was just not consciously thinking about it but when the reveal came i was like oh yeah that makes sense yeah 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 same i mean but it was like, oh shit, we're going out of vagina. <laughs> we're getting birthed right now. What the? Fuck? I, 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 I was, yeah, that's I was another thing of like, you could, 
You can, you can be like, yeah, this video game, you get burst. <laughs> I mean, you, you could get do that in a movie. And you get burst. You, you could do that but in a movie. But then on the TV, tr- the TV tropes page of games that you get burst in. Yeah. <laughs> mm. God, there's there's so much fetish content in this game. It's kind of <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Rolling sharks and uh, tentacles. <laughs> you got the boar. You know, any of my four boys like this? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assume there's one person listening that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, th- wait what five. game is this? <laughs> yeah, they write down the title. Really. Oh, they shit, made some good content. 90 minutes into the spoiler cast, like, what video game is this? Yeah, what game is this? What game is uh, this where you get Spell Gear Solid 2, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's Death all Stranding. Right. Death Stranding. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, I, I assume all of us would recommend this game. Nah, to other people, uh, not not at thirty frames per second. Are you kidding me? Jesus Jeez. Christ! Oh, it's sixty. Yeah. Have you now, seen man. the puddles in this game? They're not good enough. <laughs> yeah, no ray tracing. I'm I'm out. I actually played this game like right tracing. before it left Game Pass. It was like I think it li- just left Game Pass, and I barely. Uh, yeah, got it dude. In. I had to I rebuy. Mean, how it. expensive can it be now? Right, it's twenty bucks. It. I think. Something like that. Sale, it's probably like five. You know, right? Yeah. Just wait, wait till November. It'll be like five bucks. Or message me. I own it on GOG, and I can get it to you. There you go. That's all I'll say. (laughs) I recommend Edith Uh, Finch. I think it's. I think it's probably like top two walking sims of the ones that I played. It's kind of of the four that you played, (laughs) or of like the four that I played. Right. Well, there are like only about four. Right. Is that. Am I just being... That's correct. Yeah. Uh, maybe 10. <laughs> maybe but, maybe yeah, 10. I can only think of four off the top of my head. So, I mean, are we talking ones that people have talked about a lot or like that exist? Because I'm sure like itch.io has like... Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. That's oh, true. yeah. I'm sure Dear Esther is like a great game, but I'm probably never going to play it. <laughs> Damn. That's like one of the only ones I haven't actually played. I just yeah, mean my reputation. I played probably all the other, the big ones at least. They all have kind of the same title too, like the vanishing of Ethan Carter. I actually thought that was like a prequel <laughs> to Edith Finch. <laughs> I think well, that came out like around the same time as Ethan. Or uh, see, I did it right there. Ethan that came Finch. out around the same time as Edith Finch, and I, there was a lot of people like, "Wait, which one is this again?" Oh yeah, is this the Ethan Carter one or the Edith, the the Finch one, the bird? One? I want to play the one where you play as a shark falling down up the hill. That's the one I want. Which one is that one? And then your grandma gets you Edith gets you the wrong one from GameStop in this <laughs> fake world where you could buy both of these on physical from GameStop. Yeah, that's I guess one of them you could. You could five years ago. Uh <laughs> is GameStop even exist does that even exist anymore? I know that they had a big probably, deal with stock a year not, ago, but that was I could probably you. in like they're yeah. probably in like late last years of Blockbuster era of like there's there's yeah. still a couple of them around. Yeah. I mean the stonks just the stocks just shot up you know so they're still yeah. around they're a meme company we saved him we saved gamestop <laughs> mm. yeah we did reggie's it. working his magic guys reggie's gonna <laughs> fix it uh do you think reggie's played edith finch i hope so has reggie yeah. even played a video game like <laughs> that's what i, I was I gonna question say. <laughs> that, that he's played a single minute of a video game except for what he he's had to play some on let's stage plays. What yeah. do you think Reggie's favorite game is? Follow us on the next episode of Jump Crash to find out. <laughs> are, are there any like uh, famous people in the industry that you guys know for a fact don't play video games? I'm trying to 
Thanks. Jack Ryan. Uh, <laughs> Jack Ryan. Not for a fact. But what if like Hideo Kojima's that? Hideo Kojima's just like, I like movies. I mean, that'd be the easiest one yeah. to convince someone of. Yeah. <laughs> I'd believe it. Could be. Uh, does this game deserve a place in the canon, Orin wrote? What do you guys think of that? The canon? The canon of, of walking sims. What, like where, a where canon, it, where, like you I load mean... it with, with a ball and you shoot it at a The canon, ship. yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who am I? Am I shooting Ian Bagos with it? If so, yes. <laughs> Whoa! Get him. Oh! <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, this, this is like... I'm trying to think of other recent walking you yeah know, i was about to say sims. is this the last great walking sim possibly I, uh stanley parable uh, as far assuming, as I can assuming we're not well that but stanley parable but that came out that. yeah the original game came out in before. 2013 and then the fucking mod was like 2010 right but so, you, you yeah. could call ultra deluxe a stealth sequel which it kind of it, is. it's a sequel yeah it's not even a stealth <laughs> sequel yeah it's just a straight up sequel. so i guess that counts uh <laughs> yeah. Gamerant.com. Did you guys know Gamerant? Um, they have like fifteen. A-U-N-T. It's 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 Game Rant, but like Gamerant oh. is is a, is a little more fun for me. There's at least fifteen walking sims that they liked. Oh, the Beginner's Guide. All right. Oh, oh no, Journey. Fuck. They put Death Stranding on there. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Edith Finch. I I think pretty great game. You know, it's pretty no, good. Yeah, I think it's a. I'd say it's a must play. Like, I don't see why anyone wouldn't enjoy it. You know, new people like you could bring, you know, I had my partner play it and she enjoyed it a lot and it was, you know, super easy to get into. And um, yeah, just like it's a very accessible game um, and you get a very tight, awesome story out of it. Shit. It's two hours. What are you going to do with with two hours otherwise? Right. Yeah. I I think Edith Finch is the perfect game for people who don't play video games. Is absolutely yeah. the perfect game for that. Yeah, like not, like not like, not too walking sim where it's just like straight walking and listening. Like you are interacting, and there's you know there's there is gameplay, and there's something to keep someone who might want there to be more quote spectacle uh, to keep them engaged. Like there there is stuff for that, but uh, it's simple enough that anyone could pick up and play. All right. I think that's a pod, guys. Edith Finch. Uh, check it out if you made it to the end and didn't, didn't play it yet, now that you, you know everything that happens. But uh, it's probably more fun if you know what happens, right? Then you get that I anticipation. I, I, I got to say, like, it was, I felt sadder. Like, it was a more melancholy experience on my second playthrough because it was just like, I knew who these people were. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like, just like reflecting, like, ah, oh, Gus. I know what happens. Oh, Walter, I know where this goes. You know, and it's just like the air of the house honestly felt like thicker in a way. I know that's weird. But yeah, yeah at least yeah, the second playthrough is a little more melancholy. Um, yeah. I, I mean, so, I'm I, also just older. Everything's sadder when you're older. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> or, or you just become cold and you're like, uh, people die, you know. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> the baby's dead. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> I guess. Oh, the baby died again, huh? Still uh, died in really? this playthrough oh, too, God. huh? <laughs> Makes sense. But yeah, no, yeah. Everyone, go play it. Or don't. I don't know. Apparently, it's not real storytelling. What do I know? Yeah. Yeah. Watch Although a it movie, is actually read a book. Like, what are you doing? No, but it is actually a, a great. Uh, 
interactive experience. It's just not a good story. That's not what it's All good right. about. That's not what's okay. good about it. I can't if I can't compartmentalize everything into very specific containers, then how can I enjoy anything? Yeah. <laughs> More people. Where'd Aaron go? Oh no! Did Aaron leave? You be... just let us. He, <laughs> he just whatever. Did Aaron just leave? That's so. Funny. Aaron, you're the host of the podcast now. So yeah. send us home. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a great podcast, guys. Uh, Aaron left, and we'll see you next time on the next Jump Crouch. Boom! 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 You got the beat going. We got the song going right now. We're not gonna. We're Play not. Out, Aaron. We're not gonna edit this out. We're just gonna leave it in. <laughs> Like he's leaving it in. The song's playing right now. Just so the listeners oh know, oh, yeah. like we were just about to close the podcast, and Aaron just bailed. Like he's literally just not in front of. He got a, got a little too emotional. Started thinking about Edith Finch again. You know, just yeah. had to take a break. It's all right. We all have to. You guys there? Is your is your, is your wife in labor? Is your uh, wife in no, early no, labor no, or something? No, thank God. Uh, no, I had to get the door. I had to get the 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 dinner, the Uber oh. Eats people or whatever. But um, yeah. Yeah, we closed it out. Don't worry. You yeah, closed it out. Yeah, we did. Definitely, we definitely hit, we leave this recording. In. We're good. Please leave this in. Uh, yeah, this, no, this, I'm definitely gonna leave this in. What did you guys say? What, did did you did or did you thank we everybody? All, uh, yeah. We only said good things about you, Aaron. Like, your opinions are never uh, wrong. Like, you know, there should there should your... be platforming in Doom Eternal. You know, like that was good platforming. <laughs> I agree with you, Aaron. All right, I got. I, I don't think that was a, an argument that I put forward, but but I'm glad that you're assigning it to me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you so much, Oren. Thank you, and uh, yeah. I, I guess you guys closed it out, so I don't. There's nothing I've got to say. No. Yeah. No, it's gonna be Edith Finch music, bro. Uh, oh shit. That wasn't Edith Finch music. <laughs> 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 There's more crying. <laughs>